This is section 57 of Mark Twain, A Biography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain, A Biography, Volume 1, Part 2, 1866 to 1875. Chapter 57 Old Friends and New Plans. It had been more than thirteen years since his first arrival in New York. Then he had been a youth, green, untraveled, eager to get away from home. Now, a veteran, he was as eager to return. He stopped only long enough in New York to see Charles Henry Webb, late of California, who had put together a number of the Mark Twain sketches, including The Jumping Frog, for book publication. Clemens himself decided to take the book to Carleton, thinking that, having missed the fame of the frog once, he might welcome a chance to stand sponsor for it now. But Carleton was wary. The frog had won favor, and even fame, in its fugitive, vagrant way, but a book was another matter. Books were undertaken very seriously and with plenty of consideration in those days. Twenty-one years later, in Switzerland, Carleton said to Mark Twain, "'My chief claim to immortality is the distinction of having declined your first book.' Clemens was ready enough to give up the book when Carleton declined it, but Webb said he would publish it himself, and he set about it forthwith. The author waited no longer now, but started for St. Louis, and was soon with his mother and sister, whom he had not seen since that eventful first year of the war. They thought he looked old, which was true enough, but they found him unchanged in his manner, buoyant, full of banter and gravely quaint remarks. He was always the same. Jane Clemens had grown older, too. She was nearly sixty-four, but as keen and vigorous as ever, proud, even if somewhat critical, of this handsome, brilliant man of new name and fame who had been her mischievous, wayward boy. She petted him, joked with him, scolded him, and inquired searchingly into his morals and habits. In turn he petted, comforted, and teased her. She decided that he was the same Sam, and always would be a true prophecy. He went up to Hannibal to see old friends. Many were married, some had moved away, some were dead. The old story. He delivered his lecture there, and was the center of interest and admiration. His welcome might have satisfied even Tom Sawyer. From Hannibal he journeyed to Keokuk, where he lectured again to a crowd of old friends and new then returned to St. Louis for a more extended visit. It was while he was in St. Louis that he first saw the announcement of the Quaker City Holy Land excursion, and was promptly fascinated by what was then a brand new idea in ocean travel, a splendid picnic, a choice and refined party that would sail away for a long summer's journeying to the most romantic of all lands and seas, the shores of the Mediterranean. No such argosy had ever set out before in pursuit of the golden fleece of happiness. His projected trip around the world lost its charm in the light of this idyllic dream. Henry Ward Beecher was advertised as one of the party, General Sherman as another, also ministers, high-class journalists, the best minds of the nation. Anson Burlingame had told him to associate with persons of refinement and intellect. He lost no time in writing to the Alta, proposing that they send him in this select company. Noah Brooks, who was then on the Alta, states, in an article published in the Century magazine, 
that the management was staggered by the proposition but that colonel john mccomb insisted that the investment in mark twain would be sound a letter was accordingly sent stating that a check for his passage would be forwarded in due season and that meantime he could contribute letters from new york city the rate for all letters was to be twenty dollars each the arrangement was a godsend in the fullest sense of the word to mark twain it was now april and he was eager to get back to new york to arrange his passage the quaker city would not sail for two months yet two eventful months but the advertisement said that passages must be secured by the fifth and he was there on that day almost the first man he met was the chief of the new york alta bureau with a check for twelve hundred and fifty dollars the amount of his ticket and a telegram saying ship mark twain in the holy land excursion and pay his passage the following letter which bears no date was probably handed to him later in the new york alta office as a sort of credential alta california office forty two john street new york samuel clemens esq new york dear sir i have the honor to inform you that frederick mccrellish and company proprietors of alta california san francisco california desire to engage your services as special correspondent on the pleasure excursion now about to proceed from this city to the holy land in obedience to their instructions i have secured a passage for you on the vessel about to convey the excursion party referred to and made such arrangements as i hope will secure your comfort and convenience your only instructions are that you will continue to write at such times and from such places as you deem proper and in the same style that heretofore secured you the favor of the readers of the alta california i have the honor to remain with high respect and esteem your obedient servant john j murphy the alta it appears had already applied for his birth but not having been vouched for by mr beecher or some other eminent divine clemens was fearful he might not be accepted quite casually he was enlightened on this point while waiting for attention in the shipping office with the alta agent he heard a newspaper man inquire what notables were going a clerk with evident pride rattled off the names lieutenant general sherman henry ward beecher and mark twain also probably general banks so he was billed as an attraction it was his first surreptitious taste of fame on the atlantic coast and not without its delight the story often told of his being introduced by ned house of the tribune as a minister though often repeated by mark himself was in the nature of a joke and mainly apocryphal clemens was a good deal in house's company at the time for he had made an arrangement to contribute occasional letters to the tribune and house no doubt introduced him jokingly as one of the quaker city ministers end of chapter fifty seven old friends and new plans read by john greenman